0: The talk of the street is brought to you by Donahue solicitors an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers Donahue solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police data breach personal injury and professional negligence claims to start your compensation claim go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 08000 124 246 today this little fellow aloud is poorly and they've got to do more tests. So we asked Tara if we could just give today a miss, and she said only if it's life-threatening. Gemma said, "'Stuff, Tara." I didn't listen, cos I'm breaded. It's true, quads cost a fortune, so we tipped up. Obviously, we look a bit too real. Well, I've got some good news for you, Tara. The chavs are leaving the building.
1: Welcome to episode 91 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Cornish and Street catch podcast that worries that Abby and Kev will never be entirely on their own so long as that detective and Ray have the ability to appear in front of them at Will and Gavin.
0: And I'm a cookie monster.
1: Oh God. It's that time of year again, folks.
0: <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. We've got alongs, and mints no, 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 and moths and and nubs, truffles and s'mores.
1: We're not really, we're not really worried about rhyming or, or, or pacing or. No, okay.
0: This is totally off the cuff.
1: Oh, I would never have guessed. <laughs> you had me so fooled that this was prepared.
0: Toffee sticks and does dos.
1: and no one in the UK has the faintest idea what you're talking about. No, they about. don't. It's Girl Scouts.
0: It's Girl Scout cookie, cookie time, season. y'all. So <laughs> I've got boxes and boxes loaded up in the back of my car. Mm -hmm. we've got cookie booths scheduled between now and the end of March
1: end of March? Mm -hmm. is that when it finishes?
0: yeah So every time somebody says oh can you do this thing on the weekend nope, (laughs) cookie booths oh we'd really like you to nope, cookie booths
1: (laughs) what about go fuck yourself and get someone else to
0: do it (laughs) how come it's none of
1: your business it's none of your business
0: <laughs> although I do have uh, the quiet adventure symposium that I have to do next weekend so Steli will be going to the cookie booth by herself well not by herself, Susan and Diane will be there, and the other girls but
1: I- I'm not sure understood if first part of that you have the
0: what symposium oh the quiet adventure symposium it used to be the quiet water symposium as the chairperson of the river recreational subcommittee i am obligated to go and it's fine because it's fun And
1: none the wiser
0: remember i went last year clearly not and i got you those those things for the bottoms of your boots to keep your feet warm and dry that you never used like woolly things
1: no so what is it?
0: It's it's a sim, it's a symposium, right? For kayaking and oh, camping okay. and hiking. But it's quiet. Well, originally it was called Quiet Water Symposium because kayaking. That's not quiet. Is the quiet sport because you're quietly paddling along. You don't have a big, fat, greasy motor in the back of your boat.
1: Yeah, you're splashing the with your paddles though.
0: Yeah, but quietly.
1: Seems a bit of a stretch. I
0: didn't name the symposium.
1: But you're the head of the the, the parliament of this thing. You can change no. the name of it, can't you? No, I can't. You should. You should make it noisy. No. The noisy symposium. The noisy, am, splashy, splashy. I am
0: just a representative of our city going to the symposium. Oh. I'm not in charge okay, of the it? symposium. Uh, at MSU. Oh, the okay. pavilion at MSU. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was fun last year. I got that kayaking book that i haven't finished reading yet that i brought with us to christmas time
1: it's a kayaking book
0: signed by the author yeah it's a book about this woman and her husband who went on a three-month kayaking trip from um like the the beginning of like the ohio river or something to the gulf of mexico and and their adventures along the way aka your worst nightmare.
1: <laughs> and you say you haven't finished this.
0: Hmm. No, well, it's I have, I have so little time for reading.
1: Plus it's a book about kayaks, let's be honest.
0: I like books about kayaks. I wouldn't have bought it if I wasn't interested.
1: It sounds a little bit like Deliverance.
0: <laughs> Only in Ohio, and, and in yeah. Pennsylvania. Where was Deliverance? Oh, it's
1: Georgia. Yeah. It was in Georgia.
0: A wee bit different. Mm-hmm. The Midwest is a bit different than the South.
1: There are bits of it that are still. <laughs> ding, 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 ding.
0: <laughs> but anyway, the the couple they were at the symposium last year and they gave a great presentation about um, dehydrated food recipes. So that's why I bought I bought the book because they were really cool. Like they would they would create these recipes and then dehydrate the food. So that they could rehydrate it later on their trip, and it preserved oh, the food and I I got made it lighter. some up
1: for a friend, Sam. Remember?
0: Yes, I do remember. Where was, where was he going? Was it Australia? He was, he was going to Australia,
1: and the dehydrated stuff in because he lives in East Timor. Correct. Because who doesn't have a friend who lives in East Timor?
0: Only us, because we're <laughs> special. <laughs> I was, love Sam. He, so he's he was the best. going. He
1: was going walkabout,
0: wasn't he? Yes, he was.
1: And so he needed some dehydrated food, and it was more.
0: AKA, also your worst nightmare. <laughs> Seriously. I'd like to do it, but. So it was worst cheaper
1: nightmare. here for us to buy it and ship it to him than it was for him to buy it in East Timor or Australia.
0: I think there That's was Capitalism an... for you folks. I think there was an issue also with he couldn't.
1: Oh, he couldn't get it in the country, I think. Right. Oh, I wish I could remember more, but that was, that was fairly interesting.
0: Yeah. But hmm. it was but it was important because it had to be it had to be vegan and it was difficult for him to find oh that just make it vegan, a little bit more dehydrated food. Because our Sam is a vegan. Mm-hmm. As all Sam's who live in East Timor are <laughs> Remember when we had we had uh, dinner with Sam and my mum? That
1: was a strange day.
0: At the at uh, the AI fusion sushi place. Okay? I fusion.
1: We, we insist on calling it AI fusion. It's not. It's AI fusion. Because I asked them.
0: Oh, I don't care. I, we'll still cut. Well, it. Well, let's <laughs> right, though. let right. And so we had we had <clears throat> Sam asking which dishes were specifically vegan. And then we had my mom asking which dishes didn't have pepper in them. Yep. Because my mother is allergic to pepper. So <laughs> that was a
1: fun day. She fair took to her, Sam. She did.
0: She did. Which is hilarious because there's are the opposite sides Pull of the spectrum. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but they, but they took, they took to each other. They were, they yep. were very. Sam's, Sam's Sam gentle. takes, Sam, Sam takes to everyone. Mm-hmm. He's a lovely man, and he brought us all scarves with our last, with our names on them. Yep. Nobody asked him to do it, but he did it <laughs> anyway because he's the most delightful human being on the planet. He only met us
1: because, well, I've known him for years through writing forums, but. He he set up East Timor's uh, treasury and currency, I think. Something after, like after, that. after it became independent. Right. And he had to come to some uh, world finance thing, thing that was going on in Chicago, I think right. it was. And rather than just fly back to East Timor.
0: From Chicago. From
1: Chicago, which I'm sure there are many direct flights. He chose to...
0: Come up here and see us.
1: Come to Michigan instead and spend a weekend with us, which I love to think of. Which was the
0: best. I kind of feel
1: bad because we're not all that entertaining, but... <laughs> I think we're entertaining <laughs> we to enjoy enough. himself. Anyway, yes. all anyway, anyway, has little our, or nothing. Love
0: letter to our friend Sam at East <laughs> <T-more>.
1: <laughs> Little or nothing to do with Coronation Street.
0: We got from cookies to Sam.
1: That was a strange trip.
0: Our vegan friend. Oh, by the Via way... kayaks. Thin mints are vegan. So, if you need a vegan cookie, Girl Scout cookie, then mint. Delicious and vegan. Anyway, continue.
1: Shall we preamble, my dear?
0: <laughs> Yes, please.
1: Cookie has up some of that corey news.
0: Michael Lavelle, a.k.a. Kevin Webster on the show... Wants Kev's sister Debbie to come back, played by Sue Devaney. Devaney.
1: Devaney, I think. Devaney. I think we all do. She was good when she did yeah, it for no. those couple of couple of episodes.
0: Yep. Who came back for a brief stint last year? Debbie was brilliant and we have to agree with Kev. Which is what you just said, but it was part of my copy, which <laughs> oh, you didn't okay. let me read.
1: Well, I didn't know you going to that. This, this is <laughs> but it's good contributing.
0: But it's good that we're both in agreement that we just absolutely loved her, and that would be awesome if she came yeah, back. Yeah, she
1: ruffled a few feathers, and yeah, she did announced the death of.
0: And it seems like, and it seems like Kev could could use somebody else in his court. So, right, yeah. Lucy Joe Hudson, who played Katie Harris on Cory, welcomed her second child, a baby boy. Dad is the actor Louis Devine, who Lucy Joe starred with in a snow white panto back in July.
1: Always with a panto.
0: Mm -hmm. The couple plan on marrying after the birth of their son. So stay tuned for a wedding announcement. Finally, sad news as it appears James Burroughs, a.k.a. Allie, has quit the cobbles. It seems getting to be in a big time movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson has what? encouraged James to set his sights a little higher. We wish him all the best. He was in that fighting with my family movie.
1: Oh, was he? Yeah, which Still means we really need that. to go. Really see, to we really that. That. need to see that. That's Stephen Merchant, wasn't it? we spoken about this already. I
0: we, have. I feel like we have. Yeah, Stephen Merchant and uh, Nick Frost, whom whom we both love, right? And uh, Vince Vaughn for some reason. And James Burroughs.
1: Great. I'm going to skip over the fact that this feels kind of spoilery announcing this, but
0: well, no, because uh. it's it's in the news. It's it's not spoilery because I'm not saying when he's leaving or just that he is leaving.
1: It's spoilers in the newspaper as well, so
0: yeah. But this is just an announcement that he's leaving.
1: Uh, that notwithstanding, I can't say that I'm surprised because they've given him really nothing very much to work with they've, recently.
0: They've made him into a horrible incel, and my money is on his exit from the show being Gary murdering him. Oh, you think so? Viciously, gruesomely.
1: Yeah.
0: I, Seriously, you know he must have heard. He must have heard that comment that I made about his Joker hair and just really run with it.
1: <laughs> I remember liking them.
0: He was wonderful before. I loved I loved Dr. Ali.
1: He was good round about the whole Cormac stuff and the bits, yeah. bits round about that. But this whole Maria thing has been so awful. I'm going to use the word turgid. It's been turgid. And this week especially, it it's just seemed to be the same conversation over and over ah, again. It's so cringe. How many times does Maria need to tell so me fuck off? Jeez. so cringe.
0: Remember when Ryan was the brother we didn't like?
1: Yeah, he's he's like an old pair of comfy slippers now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah,
0: we love Brian now. Brian? Brian.
1: Love Brian as well. I though. love Brian. Brian? <laughs> Brian. It totally sounds like you're saying Brian.
0: Maybe when I say love Brian, it sounds like Brian. It when I, clearly like, does. Jumble them together. Uh, this, and that's this, quite News. This
1: is what happens in the real news. <laughs> Things like this happen in the seven o'clock news all the time. Hindsight corner.
0: Bleep, 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 bleep.
1: Why did Chris Quinton leave Cory? I speculated on this last week, thinking that it was round about the same reasons why. Um, Didn't he get Joy stack? was written out of. Oh, friends! Yes, out of, yes, yes. Not, no, not out of friends, but out of the show within the show, whichever it was. Uh, right. And why?
0: Uh, oh um, God, what's that? Charlie show? Sheen. What's that soap? I can't remember why Charlie Sheen got gruesomely murdered in uh, Two and a Half Men. Right. Yeah. So I
1: thought it was something to do with that. Yes, it wasn't. Oh. In 1989, Chris approached the show to tell him that he was leaving for the US to marry his fiancee Lisa Gibbons.
0: <gasps> Lisa? He's married to Lisa Gibbons?
1: Not anymore, but oh. he was. Oh I, my god! I wondered if that was a name that you were familiar with, because she used to be a talk show host.
0: Yes, she did, and
1: an Entertainment Tonight correspondent yes. of the time.
0: Da, 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 da. <laughs> Da, 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 da,
1: he asked to stay on as a part-time character, and as a result, his character was swiftly stabbed outside the nightclub. <laughs> he and Gibbons went on to work on Robocop 2. What the
0: fuck? Is he in Robocop 2? Yes. We he, have to rewatch Robocop. Lobo.
1: Lobo. That's Lomo. a Mexican version.
0: Lomo. No, it's the, the wolf version.
1: Wolf, well, which is a fucking, werewolf.
0: Which is Spanish. <laughs> Lobo Cop 2.
1: In which he played a reporter. I can only imagine. I, I we totally ima- have
0: to see this now.
1: I don't think he got a line. He can't have got a line, surely.
0: He must have. But yeah,
1: Lisa Gibbons yeah. were married for a couple of years. I think they might have had some offspring. I really should have looked to up. I, th- I think they might
0: have had some offspring. Yeah, children. <laughs> yes. Offspring.
1: Which is another word for children.
0: It's a weird it's a weird way to, um, to put it.
1: apologising for my
0: thesaurus. Ah. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver.
0: You're much hotter than John Oliver. That
1: started back up again this week. I forgot all about it.
0: Yeah. We got to watch.
1: He was doing
0: a oh, Medicaid, was it? I don't know, but I'm sure it's interesting. How was the second episode of McMillions?
1: Oh, I fell asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough time to quickly talk about sex boob.
0: Oh, sex boob. Do you remember sex boob? I do remember sex boob. This was
1: Gina who thought this was some kind of youth speak. You got side boob, under boob, sex boob. Right. But no, it was actually a spelling mistake with the knickers. It was meant to say sex bomb. Yes. I was Gavin, and you were the greatest because I had said something about floating like a butterfly in my intro. There were only five episodes this week. Lasagna became a thing. Mary flossed. Beth begins work on the big fancy dress for Kate that she can't afford. Kev finds a package of money and uses it to pay for Jack's holiday without telling anybody about it. We were introduced to Lolly. I'm so I love when I have your full attention. I'm
0: sorry, it's just it's it's great
1: because when there's like no reaction to anything I'm saying, it kind of everything falls a little bit flat.
0: Sorry, I was just looking it up how long Lisa Gibbons and Christopher Quinton were married.
1: It was two years, I think. Yeah,
0: 1989 to 1991. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's
1: worth moving to
0: America for. Do
1: you want me to go through these things again? Or yes, just... please.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have my full attention now.
1: Well, I can't be bothered. <laughs> our moment of the week was Roy being angry with Carla for covering up his burning down the boat. And our boring moment of the week was Steve wanting to spend time with Ollie and then not spending any time with Ollie. Oh, and that was Coronation Street. He made and up for The it. talk of the street this time last year. He
0: made up for it tonight. No, he didn't. <laughs> sort of. No, he didn't. He was there for the party. He said happy birthday.
1: And he fucked up the cake.
0: I, I would disagree. I would say that was an awesome cake. Yeah. That's what I want for my birthday cake this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Shall we dive in, my dear?
0: Yes, please. That was a crackit episode, a episode last last year. Th- those were some great Corey episodes.
1: Mary Flossing, that wasn't her moment of the week.
0: <laughs> it's my moment of the my lifetime, Mary Flossing.
1: No, Roy was great when he was angry with Carla. Oh, absolutely! Was so disappointed in her.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Anyway, loved it. Anyway,
1: you missed your opportunity to talk about that at the time. So, <gasps> oh, let's, fuck off. Let's just. <laughs> Splash on through Our first storyline tonight is also our last storyline tonight So let's go on to Storyline number two called I'm coming out
0: I'm coming out
1: On Monday, Ed's getting ready for work And regales the family with tales of Danny from yesteryear Michael quickly susses that James and Danny used to be an item when James was in London Ed thinks it's about time he came out to No Ed doesn't think that Michael thinks it's about time he came out to Ed before he finds out from someone else and Danny and James are in the corner shop. Danny followed them in. He concocts a story about Ed maybe having a spare key for the bistro because he's lost his or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can we go home to check? But it's all kind of, can we go home to check?
0: Quink <laughs> wink. Nudge, nudge.
1: So James and, and Danny go home and find that they have the place to themselves and quickly get down to getting their hole upstairs. Yes. Evelyn
0: clocks this quite I wasn't quite sure if she cutely. noticed or not. Oh, she noticed. Evelyn... Notices everything.
1: Oh, I meant to say that last week's episode ran in at about one hour forty one forty two, something like that, uh-huh. which is a little bit longer than we typically spend. Correct. I think we'll get this done in under an hour and a half because <laughs> nothing of any interest happened this week.
0: Oh, well, that's not true. James came out. That's of interest. Yes, it was
1: slightly interesting.
0: And 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 um something in the Gemma storyline is very important and life-changing. Which not, we'll get to. Not interesting, though. It is Ed interesting. Ed comes home
1: and puts a kettle on. He hears some noises upstairs. Uh-oh. And Danny and James come down the stairs and James quickly comes up with a story that he was showing Danny his football trophies. If
0: yeah, you know, you know, know what I, I mean. mean. It's, it's like uh, back in the old days when, when gentlemen would ask if a lady would like to come up and and see his etchings. What etchings? I think they're It's art. It's drawings. Oh, like sketches or something? Yeah.
1: Ed falls for it.
0: Because of course he does.
1: And leaves with Danny. And Michael, who came in at the back of Ed... Does not fall for it. ...can't believe that James is for real. Michael thinks that they were almost caught today. What happened to staying on point? Then James reveals that he really fancies Danny, but Michael thinks it's unfair to go on like this behind their dad's back. It'll be so. Danny and Ed are having a drink. Danny jokes about taking him to Canal Street. Ed's eyes nearly pop out of his head. He says he's still processing things, but Danny is like family. Seeing anyone, asks Ed. Well, there's this one guy, says Danny, but it's nothing serious. Mm-hmm. And James meets Danny. Danny can't do this anymore. He respects Ed too much. James says that he's planning to tell Ed tomorrow, and so they celebrate by having a winch. Yes. Again, without any hair <laughs>
0: <laughs> On
1: to Wednesday then. At breakfast, Michael is explaining his new idea to the family. It's a clear toaster called Toast Buster.
0: Who are you going to call? Toast no, Buster?
1: No. Then James gets a text from Danny asking how it went. James takes a deep breath and tells Ed he has something he needs to tell him. He talks about a time when Ed and James were kicking the football about and Ed wanted James to kick with his left foot when he was right footed. Ed's confused and doesn't have time for this gibberish, and James says, we can talk later. Then Ed gets ready to go while Aggie and Michael argue over solar-powered socks. So James just blurts out. Dad, I'm, I'm gay. I'm gay, he says. And Ed stops dead in his tracks.
0: Ta-da! I'm then gay. through
1: the conversation, Ed learns that Aggie and Michael already knew. They'd been talking about all this behind his back, and he's so disappointed that James thinks so little of him that you couldn't tell him. Ed well, tells James he'll always love him, no no matter what. And then the two of them hug.
0: Which was nice.
1: So I was confused about this and then what happens later.
0: Yeah, I when I was a little bit surprised. But, you know, I have watched other shows where where there's all this build-up of, oh, I'm afraid to tell my parents I'm gay because they don't know. And, and they might be a little blah, blah, blah about it. And then the person comes out and the parents are like, yeah, we already knew. We were just waiting for you to tell us. Pum pum tish sort of thing. So I was like, okay, well, they're going that route. It, I guess it's interesting, but that was an awful lot of build-up for nothing.
1: Rewind back to last week. Okay. When Ed doesn't know anything. Right. And the assumption is that Ed's going to have a problem with it. Right. So Ed finds out about Danny. hmm And lo and behold... Ed doesn't have a problem with that.
0: He is a little surprised. He's
1: surprised, but it's a surprising thing to learn about somebody you've known for a long time. But, and especially if you haven't suspected anything. So he's surprised, but generally speaking, I think he reacts positively to it. Yeah, because
0: especially since, you know, at the beginning of this week when, you know, he rushes off to go and see Danny and hang out with Danny and, and work on the bistro with Danny and stuff. It's like, oh, well, they're still friends. It's good.
1: So I'm left thinking, because he was okay with Danny, that means he's going to lose his shit completely when he finds out about James. Then he finds out about James, and he doesn't lose his shit. In fact, it looks like he's going to be okay. He's uh, disappointed that he was kept in the dark about it. Right. Yeah. uh, That his son thinks so little of him that he didn't think to tell him. Right. And I go, that's surprising then. Yeah. Because where's the story?
0: Right. And why would he be why would he be so weirded out and afraid to tell his dad, you know, if he's going to be this okay with it? That that sus- leads me to suspect that maybe James doesn't know his dad as well as he thinks he does.
1: And people being okay with things does not tend to lend itself to a lot of drama.
0: No. And this is a soap opera. So
1: at this point, I'm terribly confused at what's going to happen next because Correct. this surely can't be Right. And it isn't. But at this point, this is where I am at this point. Right. He's okay when Danny announces that he's gay, kinda. And then he's okay when James announces that he's gay, kinda. Kinda. Okay, let's go on.
0: Yes.
1: Aggie takes some sarnies round to Ed in the builder's yard. He's worried about James's future in football when it comes out, uh, because being a black footballer is bad enough, but being a black gay footballer is going to be just ten times as bizbar. bad. Yes. Ed wonders if it's just a phase. And at this point, well, maybe (sighs) Mm. he wonders it's just a phase. Yeah. Aggie knows Ed needs time, but he better not take too long about it. So the Baileys are in the rovers chatting about their favourite movies. Michael is right and says, Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) James is wrong and says, Godfather 2. But Michael thinks that uh, is only the case because he fancies Robert De Niro. This this seems to be a bit too much too soon for Ed, but he soon joins in and says that his favourite is Batman. Oh yeah, Christopher Nolan's great. No. Not that Batman, nineteen sixties Batman. Then Ed wonders why today was the day. James says that he needed to know. Ed asks if there's someone special, and James admits to seeing Danny. And now, Ed seems to take this very badly. Gets up and leaves.
0: Yeah. Huh. So. So we have this to heartwarming, like, family meal at the Rovers. Everybody's sitting around shooting the shit, talking about their favourite movies but we, we still don't know what Aggie's favourite movie is we still don't know I'm very sad
1: and we will never know
0: I want to know what Aggie's favourite movie is
1: what do you think her favourite movie is? <sighs> I think it's Spaceballs <laughs> no, Codeheads Heads 2
0: <laughs> not Code Heads 1 oh God, no.
1: <laughs> you're jiggling things again
0: well, I jiggle when I laugh I can't help it
1: So, he goes round to the bistro and accuses Danny of corrupting his son. Oh, Keep your filthy gay hands off my boy, he shouts. That sounds like a threat, says Danny. Well, what do you think, James? And Ed is shocked to see that his son is standing behind at the door.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it's such a powerful scene. You know, it's horrible. Right. It's horrible. It's... But it's powerful.
1: It's horrible because of the language that he uses. Right. But it's also horrible because I rather liked Ed <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really liked them.
0: Yeah. And now And it's it's. Mm, I I know. Uh, um, Marzia Tart said something about well. Oh well, we'll get to Marzia Mar- Tart. Well, let me finish what I was going to say. You know, he said that it, it's it's he's kind of happy that there's at least one homophobe on on the street because, let's be honest. For for this neighbourhood to not have any homophobic people on it, it's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, there'd be like 17 of them would be homophobic, probably. <laughs> right. And like nine racists.
0: But it's it's kind of a bummer that our one homophobe is also not to be added, the one it? black guy. You could make it the one The one <laughs> black patriarch on the street. Kind of sucks, but...
1: So let, me, let me just add this it quick. It is what it is. Back home, back home Ed apologises. He says he doesn't hate gays. Hate the sin, not the sinner, he says, which doesn't help anybody. Yeah. So, to recap, fine with Danny, fine with James, loses his shit when he finds that James and Danny are bonking each other. Yes. And so I'll explain my position to the aforementioned Mary Tart and that. That Twitter thread, it's Correct. like, well, oh, this is what really confused me because he seemed okay at this, he seemed okay at that, but the two of them together seemed to be what his problem was. Yeah. And his point was that he doesn't think that Ed was okay about any of it. No. He was just saying the words that he thinks people want to hear or expect them to hear in this day and age, yes, which I think absolutely. is probably absolutely yeah. the case, but it never crossed my mind to think that because it, he sold it pretty mm-hmm. well.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, he kind of had a little laugh and, oh, are you real? Oh, well, good for you, pal, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And then, oh, I'll, I love you because you're my boy and blah right, blah blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah. But that if that was all just bullshit, and being, then
0: and being concerned because he's you know a footballer and, and this is going to make life hard for him. Which fair point. It's like oh well, this could be problematic, but it is also true.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, as especially in the on, on the day that that first outed, uh, or he outed himself, I think. Mm-hmm. Justin Fashnew was inducted into the Hall of Fame right. this week. Mm-hmm. It was kind of poignant that a gay black footballer of yesteryear uh-huh. experienced these kind of problems and he played for Falkirk, I think, or Hearts or something.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, I wish I'd knew that before I started that sentence. (laughs) So Ed says it was a shock and he said things he regretted, but James isn't buying it. He thinks this is what Ed really thinks, and a lot of homophobes are racist too. Don't talk to me like that, says Ed. What do you want, asks James. Respect. Tough shit. So Ed goes back to the loving his son spiel. James insists he isn't going through a phase. How would Ed feel about him and Danny getting shacked up and sleeping in the bedroom opposite? Oh, this was quite charged as well, because...
0: Yeah, he's like, he's what, like what really you... confronting
1: them and, yeah.
0: and making and them
1: imagine things that he probably doesn't want to imagine. Fair,
0: fair, fair point to him. It's like, well, you know, this was going to happen with Danny or somebody else where I would be in a long term relationship with somebody and buy a house next door and have kids and the whole nine. So you've got to get used to this because this is me.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so if I'm sleeping with Dan in the bedroom opposite, how would that make you feel? Disappointed for you, says Ed (laughs) Stick your love, says James And he leaves Later, Ed is worried that James might have done something stupid Aggie says that life is tough enough Without having a sanctuary at home eh, Where he's 100% 100 Accepted Fuck football, she says He can't help how he feels, says Ed Then fake it until you feel it, she says She asks if he still believes in God And he says he does But gays and lesbians aren't natural She calls (laughs) him (sighs) She calls him no father at all, and she leaves to find James. On Friday, in Roy's Rolls, James leaves a message for Danny, gives a call. Seems Danny has been dinging uh, his calls for a while. Ed comes in all apologetic, but James isn't interested in listening to it. He's working for Ray, who's a, a, a sex pest, and you think, that's okay?
0: Right, yeah. Have a word
1: about yourself, you hypocrite. That's,
0: again, fair point to James. This is the most James's... <laughs> really, really spoken like we've seen some old. spunk from him yes but, but not like that
1: <laughs> so James gets home from the gym still sad about his homophobic father, Aggie wants to talk about it or else, she says that he's old and stuck in his ways and as thick as shite in the neck of a bottle, but he loves James plus he was last to find out and James is boning Danny Aggie is amazed that Ed's head didn't explode by learning all that stuff this week so,
0: uh, it, is yeah. a lo- it
1: is a lot to take it on. It is a
0: lot to take on, but not so much that you go and you tell somebody that they're corrupting their, your son and they have filthy paws for hands right. and all that other stuff. Mm.
1: Ed is in the bistro uh, talking about some work stuff with Danny and Ray and Ray uh, announces that he has to leave because he's got some stuff with his solicitor that we'll find out about later Danny gives him the shit look Ed apologises, he says he was bang out of order he loves his kids, he doesn't want no hurt and again he says about being a black footballer is tough enough you get enough abuse from that without being gay as well Danny says this is why James keeps quiet about it Ed asks if Danny would be comfortable keeping quiet about this too and this seems to catch Danny unawares yes so, James gets a text from Danny who wants to meet him later. Ed comes home and they small talk about training. Ed pats James' shoulder and James pats his dad's hand as his dad goes up the stairs. And Aggie is quite pleased about this.
0: Yes. Eh. So they've made up? I don't think they've fully made up. And you know what? Next week, when Danny breaks it off because he doesn't want to ruin James' football career and it comes out that it was Ed who put this bug in Danny's ear.
1: <laughs> right.
0: It's all gonna fall to shit again.
1: So. Yeah, I guess. So I'm glad that it's out. James has finally come out. Yes, me too. And uh, that's about all I'm glad about.
0: Ed needs to have a word with Billy if 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 he has this this problem with with the whole love the sin or hate the sin <laughs> of the sinner stuff. Maybe he needs to talk to a gay preacher to set him right.
1: Right. I don't know. Like I said, I just don't like not liking Ed because a great character and he's a great actor. Now this has been good for him as well. This has been like a good piece right, yeah, to it's get a his, his storyline for him to but, chew on. But oh, much preferred liking Ed. Yeah. Okay. Next story. Post measles blues. On Monday, Gary's been out for milk. He wants to talk with Maria, but she has to rush off with Liam. Seems Maria needs time before she can make a decision about uh, the proposal. So
0: so she did not say yes. And she did not say no. Correct. So
1: this cliffhanger she that said, we thought happened was like a maybe. Mm, maybe. Gary knows that there's more to this than the two of them and she begs for more time.
0: Right, indicating Liam.
1: I thought it was indicating Ali.
0: No. No. She, she, he's like, I understand because you have a son... And so there's more involved than just you and I Yeah, that makes more sense Yeah. Maria
1: meets Carla in Roy's Rolls and tells her about Gary's proposal and her indecision Carla's surprised that she has to think about it, only yesterday she was convinced Gary was a liar Maria leaves and blanks Ali on the way out And Gary meets Ryan and Ali in Roy's Rolls Gary needs someone to watch the shop while he goes off to pick up stuff in Birmingham Ali's very interested to learn that Gary's out for the rest of the day and Maria's left at home (sighs) Ryan warns him off But it doesn't look like Ali's paying any attention So, right enough Ali goes to see Maria She doesn't let him in, he just wants to chat And she wants him to leave her alone And, for some reason lets him in anyway Say what you've got to say and then fuck off, she says Ali struggles to know where to start So Maria goes first Yesterday was a mistake, I regret it for the rest of my life And it can never happen again Ali thinks Maria's lying to herself. Gary isn't the guy for her. It's me. She tells him to leave. And he does. <laughs>
0: I just... He's an intelligent young doctor and all of a sudden he's become like the creepiest incel on the face of the planet. Like, no, you don't know what you want. I know what you want. And what you want is me. <laughs> no. Get a haircut.
1: I quite like his hair like that. But then I quite enjoy Joker. On Wednesday, Ali comes into Roy's Rolls. You like
0: incels. <laughs> What's wrong with you?
1: No, I like Joker. You seem to have misheard. Ali comes into Roy's Rolls while Maria's chatting to Carla. Ali asks for a coffee but doesn't say please. Carla makes a big deal out of it and Ali says, You know what? Stick your coffee up your arse. Right, right
0: up, your, up arse. your arse.
1: And he storms out. Exes says Maria. You'd know all about that. Hey, eh, Carla? Yeesh. Carla tracks Ali down to the rovers and quizzes him about Maria just as Maria comes in Ali says he doesn't need this and leaves Maria insists to Carla that everything is fine, Carla it's thinks the two fine. of them are at it and then the penny drops Maria confirms it and says yep she did get her hold off of Ali but she loves Gary What? Well, but she can't keep dangling him along like like this Oh, excuse me, I've got a wee bit windy pops there later at home Maria confirms to Gary that yes she will marry him after all
0: Ta-da!
1: That's a bit of a... It's a bit of a damp squib, that kind of thing, isn't it? Oh, right. Well, somebody asks you to marry them. You've got this big moment planned. Right. You've got the, the balloons in the, in the well, room. You've got a, you've got something nice just simmering away on the, the kitchen, something... Something lovely and sexy and the room's all decked out and they've got flowers on and you've got little confetti and stuff and you propose and she says, I don't know.
0: I and then the next day,
1: and the next day, just in the middle of the random part of the day, she says, yeah, I think I'll marry you. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks.
0: Let's remember, she just had a miscarriage. She's emotional. She's grieving. It wasn't exactly the right time to propose to her anyway. That's, right nah, after this That's one way of looking at attack, I guess. So, I don't, I don't blame Maria for any of this.
1: I'm not blaming Maria, but I'm just thinking that the, the moment's kind of gone.
0: Eh. Look, not everybody can have, you know, the perfect rom-com proposal like we did.
1: Well, maybe if they fucking work with it <laughs> a little bit harder. <sighs> On Friday, Maria's showing off a ring.
0: But not like but not
1: that. Like that. <clears throat> to the punters and the rovers.
0: <laughs> it's not that funny. It's
1: not that funny, but it's just it's created an image. Carry on. Everyone's invited. In comes Ryan and Ali, and the place is silenced. Ali goes over and congratulates Gary. And later, Allie turns up. That the barbers want to know why she's marrying Gary. Uh, didn't getting your hole with me mean anything?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> it ap- didn't.
1: He apologises again for letting her down when he was a junkie that time. She says it's too late. This isn't going to work. And then he goes to kiss her, and she pushes why? him away. She doesn't leave him anymore. She doesn't no leave him means anymore. No. She doesn't love him anymore.
0: No means no.
1: So, Ali, later on, is drinking street beer as he watches Gary and Ryan arrive back with more stupid furniture.
0: It's the classiest way to say that, isn't it? Street beer. Street
1: beer. Mmm.
0: It's, it, it's not even New Orleans <sighs> where that's legal.
1: Street beer is, is fun. It's not as fun as train beer. Train beer is great. Well, but especially if you're beer. on
0: the Vomit Comet.
1: Mm-hmm. Gary goes into the shop thing and Ryan stops Ali from going in to speak to Gary and coming clean. But Ali barges his way through anyway. He wants a private word with Ryan. No, he wants a private word with Gary. Correct. Ryan warns Ali that he's going to end up regretting this. At this, Maria comes in and catches what's about to go down and tells Ali off for hassling her for going back to work too soon after the miscarriage. Ali decides to play along and Gary is in agreement. It was too soon. Maria tells them both to GTF.
0: Why does Ali agree?
1: A moment of clarity?
0: A brief moment of clarity while drunk on street beer. Because
1: we're led to believe, yeah, he's been drinking street beer, so obviously he's drunk. He's not having just, oh, I've just got time for a quick little street <laughs> beer. just to,
0: In between surgeries. Just,
1: just to shake the cobwebs off and then go about his day. <laughs> if he's drinking street beer, he's drunk. He's got to be drunk.
0: Right. In the middle of the day when he's a working doctor.
1: So later, Maria has texted Ali to meet up with her in the gunnel. So they do. And they have the same conversation that they've had a million times before. He says that uh, she can't love Gary, that he's the one for her and she must know it. And Maria tells him again to stay out of her life and leave her alone. I think she's been quite clear about
0: this. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. At some point, she's going to need to just call the cops because this is stalkery and not good.
1: I guess the problem might be, in the past few weeks, she's told him to leave her alone. She's told him to leave her alone. She's told him to leave her alone. She got her hole off of him. Then she's told him to leave her alone. Then she's told him to leave her alone. There's a slight deviation from the leave her alone line.
0: Yeah, but again, she was very emotional. She had just lost a baby to miscarriage.
1: She thought Gary was a gangster again.
0: Right, because she was grieving and emotional and...
1: It's a hard cause to believe that, to be fair.
0: She jumped to that conclusion a little bit, I think.
1: He was acting well, do Well, so, yeah, because
0: he was going to buy a ring. So Gary goes into the rovers and asks
1: it. Ryan what he meant earlier when he said that Ali's going to regret this. And Ryan kind of laughs it off. Uh, he thought that they were going to kick off because Ali obviously still cares about Maria in a French sort of mm-hmm. doctor kind of way. Right. Gary doesn't seem to swallow kind of- it. Right. Gary... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the official term. (laughs) I I think it comes from the Greek. (laughs) There's a Greek root there. But not like that. Like
0: they want to play Doctor.
1: Gary doesn't seem to swallow it, but goes along with it anyway. It's Uh like, yeah, right. Right, sure. So, is he going to leave it alone?
0: No, and then Gary is going to kill him. And James Burroughs is going to go on to make many more movies with The Rock. The end.
1: Is he the new Kevin Hart?
0: Probably less homophobic than Kevin Hart.
1: Oh, Central Intelligence with James Burroughs instead (laughs) of Kevin Hart.
0: No, that's not nearly as funny because he's not short like Kevin Hart. And a lot of that was the fact that Kevin Hart is so much shorter than The Rock.
1: He's still shorter than The Rock, though.
0: Well, everybody's shorter than The Rock.
1: I see his daughter's going into WWE.
0: That's cool.
1: That's now, I think, the fourth generation of... Yeah. The Rocks family that have been involved in pretending to wrestle.
0: (laughs) And sexy eyebrows.
1: Ah, she doesn't have as good eyebrows. What what do you think you're doing at the moment?
0: i mean a stroke.
1: Because you look like you're pooping. (laughs) And you're having trouble with it. Oh, talking about which. (laughs) No, don't. We're not talking about pooping. (laughs) I was walking Dobby yesterday. And he does his usual... He he goes to the the very end of the walk before oh he decides to poop and then we come back. But he was cr- crouching down into his poop. Why are we talking about this now? His poop came out sideways. I <laughs> a bloody hell of That must be sore. He didn't look like it was a discomfort, but he came out sideways. What? Or, or two, two of them came out side by side <laughs> at the same time. I can't that,
0: believe you're talking about this now. I
1: think we found our tangent of the week. If I'm going to take a photo of it.
0: Dog poop. <laughs> Great. How did they go into that?
1: Oh, because you're attracted to the people's eyebrows. <laughs> so, he's not going to leave her alone. Gary's going to find out. Do you think Gary's going to find out about the...
0: Them having sex? Probably. I mean, why have them have sex if nobody's going to find out, nobody's it? Gonna find out about it and it caused drama?
1: So he's going to go, oh, that's not going to be nice.
0: He's going to kill Ali.
1: Because he buried the hatchet.
0: He's going to bury the hatchet and Ali's They were
1: actually kind of getting on a little bit. Yeah. Almost, you would say. The yeah. They, they were more than civil with each other, at least Gary right. was. Yeah. Gary was more than civil. Yeah. Oh, this is not going to end well. No.
0: He's going to kill Ali.
1: How do you think that's going to affect the relationship with Maria? Killing Ali? No, finding out about the, the the bonkage.
0: It's not going to end well.
1: That's going to split the two of them up, do you think?
0: I would think so. And if it doesn't, him killing Ali will <laughs> definitely end the relationship. <laughs> and then Maria's huh? going to blame herself for Ali's death. We're, a, we're
1: going balls deep on...
0: We really are. On Ali getting killed. Balls deep on Ali getting killed. Ali's dying. You've heard it here first, folks.
1: I'd be disappointed if that was the case. I'd quite like him to keep a door open and eh. come
0: back. Because eh. he was good. Remember when he was good? He's a yeah, good, he's but a good he hasn't been actor. good for a while. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. But they're not using him very well here.
1: I remember I was. Uh,
0: This is like my least favourite storyline.
1: I was reminded of See Maria in the Gunnel was where she used to hang out when she was having an affair with Aidan. So this whole thing is...
0: Who has Maria not slept with? Ryan.
1: Ken. (laughs) I think.
0: Ryan, Ken, Tyrone. No, no, she slept with Tyrone. Plenty of times. Chesney? Has she slept with Chesney? I don't think so. Okay. Craig? No.
1: No. There's plenty of. Food. I don't think there's many people on the street that she has. Cause, Kev? Because they all seem to leave or die. Has,
0: has, has she had sex with Kev? I don't think
1: so. Because
0: Kev's had sex with a lot of people on the street.
1: Molly Dobbs. <sighs> is, that, is that a more unfortunate character's name than Molly Dobbs? <laughs> no. Because it makes you it makes you think of a. <laughs> Doesn't it?
0: It makes you think of a what, my darling.
1: I've said enough. I've, <laughs> I've, if I hadn't already mentioned Dobby, I would have probably said it, but I think I've said enough. I don't want to. I don't oh, want, dear. I don't want to annoy your sponsor.
0: It reminds me of Hollybobs, like going that's on n- our holidays, but that's, that's not what you're thinking. That's not. I'm going to, on Hollybobs with Molly Dobbs. You don't
1: want to go on your Hollybobs with your Molly Dobbs.
0: <laughs> well, not with your Molly Dobbs. With my Molly, molly Dobbs, I don't have
1: Molly Dobbs. Thankfully, or you would know all about it. <laughs> Our next storyline tonight is poor wee Alid.
0: Oh, Aww. Aww.
1: On Monday, Gemma and Chesney are explaining how tired they are with Freshcoes. Tara's coming round later to explain what the deal is with an upcoming event. There's a there's a launch for the Freshco's Four. Woo-hoo. I thought they launched it already. because had... Yeah,
0: because they've already had like all of these ads. So what is the deal? What are we launching now? What
1: now, Tara?
0: Seriously. What now? She's not very good at her job.
1: <laughs> Tara is with Ches and Gemma. Tomorrow is a very important day. The board of directors are coming up to be there. She wants to make sure they're on board and gives them the itinerary. It should be a good afternoon, says Chesney, because he's trying to kind of brown be nose nice. her a little bit. Yeah, and checks when the next instalment of their fee is due. After the event, says Tara, and she leaves. Ugh. Then Gemma notices that there's a conflict with Alad's hearing test tomorrow. Right. Frescoes are just going to have to rearrange their launch, she says.
0: Yeah, because, you know, the appointment is in the morning. This launch is in the afternoon, but they want them in the morning because apparently it's going to take four hours of hair and makeup to make Chesney and Gemma <laughs> presentable. <laughs>
1: right. Kids have got to come first, says Gemma. And uh, she's not wrong. Who thinks that need to lay down the law. Uh, Sure, but But, (laughs) here's a company that's giving you lots of money in retrospect it's not that much money
0: it's more than they're making on their own
1: but 60 grand for the rest of their lives, that's all they're going to get but still this is free money all they have to do is play the game for a little bit right? would you rearrange the, the appointment? I think I probably
0: would How hard is it to get a hearing appointment?
1: And it's not as if anything's going to change in the next couple of days. Yeah,
0: but she really desperately wants to know. I think if I knew that my child was having a hearing appointment on one day, even if the appointment was in the morning and the launch is supposed to be in the afternoon, I would have said, before now, look, we have this huge family thing On this day, so please don't schedule us for anything on this day. And not, you know, not not just happen to notice, you know, the day before.
1: Or, and I'm just going to blow your mind here, we flip it around and Tara gives them more than 24 hours notice for our product launch.
0: It kind of sounded like they had more... Because she's talking about it as if this is something that they already knew was going to be happening the next day.
1: But they get the itinerary the day before,
0: right? But again, you know, I would I would think that they would they would have the diaries out and say to Freshco, okay, we are available. For the next month, we are available this day, this day, this day, and this day. We are not available this day, this day, this day, this day.
1: Or similarly, Fresh will <laughs> say, we will need you this day, this day, this day, and this day. Don't arrange anything. Either way, so long either, as, either, as long as somebody's talking to somebody else.
0: Either way, both sides drop the ball on this, I so think.
1: everybody sucks here.
0: Yes. Okay. i E-S-H.
1: E-S-H. I'm enjoying these uh, Am I the Asshole things.
0: On the Reddit, yeah. On the Reddit. Yes. Reddit. They're, they're, some of them are horrifying.
1: They're horrifying, but...
0: Don't get me wrong. The,
1: the comments are typically the, quite amusing. The comments are great,
0: <laughs> but the stories themselves, for the most part, are horrifying. Yeah. Why are men? <laughs> Why are men?
1: Hashtag not all men. <laughs> Tara's back and Chesnick explains the That's situation with Alad. Hashtag. They need to rearrange the launch. What's the, punch- what's the punchline, says Tara. They explain about Alice hearing. Is it life-threatening, asks Tara. Yeesh. Ouch. Because if it was, Tara might be able to do something. If Chesney and Gemma don't play ball, there's no cash. Chesney says we'll think of something. And Gemma is speechless to see that Chesney has kind of backed down here.
0: Now, see, this is the point where they could have said, it's not, li- well, it's not life-threatening, but it could be life-changing mm. for him and traumatic for us, so it really needs to get done. And explain, at that point, you know, there's a possibility he could be deaf. Also, let's remember these children were born prematurely. Maybe putting them up in a room full of people isn't the greatest idea anyway.
1: What Gemma and Chesney decide to do is do everything. Mm -hmm. So they're getting ready to take take Alad for his appointment. And Cathy's looking after the other three. Which is sweet. Gemma is dead worried, but Chesney thinks kids get these sort of tests all the time when nothing's wrong. Which is obviously a kiss of death. Mm-hmm. Jim and Chesney are waiting in the hospital while Tara continually sends texts to Ches. This money is important, says Chesney. He wants the kids to have better experiences than he or Gemma got. Then the nurse comes out. Allad Winter Brown, she says, that's us. Alad Winter Brown. How fancy does that sound? Allad, however, has a nap, has had a nap, and is now wide awake. And apparently, he needs to be asleep, asleep for it. This presents a problem for the nurse. Alad needs to be asleep. No problem, says the nurse. We can reschedule. (laughs) Because it's not a problem. Gemma says that she hasn't slept in years. Every time she sneezes, she pees herself. Just tell me, is Alad deaf? Well, maybe, says the nurse. Mm -hmm. Chess and Gemma get home and Tara's waiting for them to get loaded up with the other babies and go off to the photo shoot. Emma doesn't want to go. Chess says it's a couple of hours.
0: Gemma doesn't want to go. Emma's not here.
1: I thought I said Gemma. Gemma doesn't want to go, Ches says it's a couple of hours and they need the money. Tara is excited about the fresh go four. but because they're running late, there'll be no time for hair and makeup. so Ches and Gemma will be kept in the wings, out of the way from all the people who've turned up for the launch
0: When they're kind of part of the whole
1: is <laughs> wearing his his kebab shirt
0: Right, because he doesn't have anything else clean That <laughs> doesn't
1: have sick on it Right <laughs> uh, Tara will look after the babies Yeah So we get to the launch. It's the shittest launch I've ever seen. Right? Yeah, it's like anything.
0: It's like in a hotel conference room.
1: A small hotel conference room with like just elderly people
0: and some other people. There's nobody there that looks like really important. There seem to be people off the street there.
1: (laughs) Do you know what looked more impressive? Remember that time Roy wore a uh, motorhead cap and went. Incognito to see the to Rosemary, the, the tarot card reader Remember that? That was when he tackled Nigel Havers outside That was such a good episode <laughs> That was more impressive than this Product launch <laughs> This product launch is basically Us sitting in the living room Watching some Watching somebody with a couple of babies In front of us, going What is she doing in their living room? <laughs> That's what it looked like no, really, what is she doing in the living room? It's,
0: it's really weird. It's like this is, is, is this supposed to be like a nationwide freshco launch?
1: Well the board of directors have come up. Right. So it's not local. No. They've come from somewhere else.
0: Right. None of this makes Why? any sense. Timbot four thousand says this does not compute.
1: <sighs> Absolutely Timbot four thousand. Never a truer word said.
0: hmm So they're sitting there and then they play this awful video. Right. This awful video. Where Gemma has to say, I'm not very smart when it comes to technology. I keep oh. on
1: dropping my baby.
0: Seriously, this the whole script is just... Is this the
1: 1950s? That's what it looked like, 1950s. It
0: looks like the 1950s only with the internet.
1: The <laughs> <Nuclear family.
0: laughs> 1950s where you can order food online, but you have to have your husband's help because you're dumb when it comes to the internet.
1: Yep. They explain how Fresh Coast has made their life so much easier. Oh, and at the back, Gemma sees Alad on stage and worries that the baby needs her because he's kinda of fussing a bit. Chesney realizes that he's let Gemma and the baby's down, so runs up to the stage to to comfort Alad. He announces <sighs> to Tara and all the old people and strangers and people that are off the street that this is all bullshit. They should be at home taking care of the kids, even Joseph, who's currently in the bath. He says they should be taking care of Alad, who's poorly, but Tara would only cancel if it was life-threatening.
0: And everybody goes, <gasps> oh, that's
1: shocking. Whoa, this, this vapors.
0: It, it is shocking, and I'm glad that all of these people think that she's horrible, because she is horrible. She's very bad at her job.
1: Fuck you later, Tara, says. The Chavs are leaving the building. The audience erupts in light have applause.
0: No, they go, woohoo, yay, go for it, Chaz. You tell her what for, you take care of those babies. Yeah, babies.
1: I'm sure you're watching. Back oh, at home. Oh, God,
0: wait, I need to tell you something. It remi- this reminds me of, <laughs> you know how uh, I do the Sunday school preschool.
1: I'm not going to need my whole music for this. <laughs> No, okay.
0: this is this is funny. So um, after after we do the lesson and everything, then we have to go back to the room where Brenda makes the children sing.
1: Forces the children sing, yeah.
0: You know, and I just had this one wee girl and, and she's kind of running ahead of me a little bit, but I, it's fine because it's the church and I'm right behind her. But she turns a corner before...
1: Did she hop do- <laughs> on one leg as she went into the corner? <laughs> yuck, yuck,
0: yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> And I hear these people say, "Oh, hello there. Who are you with?" And everything. And and I call out, "Oh, it's she's with me. It's it's okay. It's fine." You know. And I finish turning the corner, and it's it's Paul and Ginger, and they're like, "Oh, hi. How are you?" And then Ginger says, "Is this one yours?" And I said, "Oh, God, no." <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to shuffle this this wee child that, you know, I've enjoyed playing with and, and, and reading stories to and stuff in into the room, but it was just like at that moment I was like, Yeah, I, I really am done <laughs> having children oh, and having babies. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine no, if we had a baby no, right no. now? Oh, forty six years old. Diapers. I'm <sighs> we can anyway. our children can make their own food.
1: Well stelica. Back at home. Gemma is dead proud of Chesney, but he's worried he went too far. There's a knock at the door and, yep, it's Tara. Uh-oh. She checks through the contract and finds a clause about bringing fresh clothes into disrepute. Chesney apologises, but it's beyond that. They're dropped. The self-righteous rant has cost his family a great deal of money. Tara leaves and Ches wonders what now. Get your begging shoes on, says Cathy, and go and see Dev. Dev? is absolutely thrilled to see Chesney because Chesney has screwed Fresh goes Over. He's already heard about it.
0: Right, yeah, it's already on the internet. So apparently one of those old people was savvy enough to pull out their to smartphones accidentally record and this record, shit product, record or, this product lodge for some reason.
1: Dev's chuffed that he screwed Fresh Over while he was wearing one of Dev's Kebab Shop logo shirts. Ches explains it's a, it's a disaster. He begs for a job. He says he's desperate. Back home, Chez says Deb gave him a few shifts, but it's not going to be enough. He's going to need to find another part-time job. Meanwhile, Gemma is worried that Alad has never heard her voices, but then says that she's proud of him. And Gemma's comforting Alad later. She hopes that he can hear her. What a precious wee boy, she says. Yes. On Friday. Joseph doesn't want to go to that football camp. No. Gemma comes downstairs to announce that they're out of nappies. There's a poo party upstairs, she says. (laughs) Chesney wants to take care of Joseph first, but Gemma says, no way, go and get yourself some nappies. And then Gemma gets a call from the hospital. There's been a cancellation. Today at 11.30, Ches doesn't think he has time for it today, with it being his first day back at work. Fine, says Gemma, then you're a shit dad. (gasps) She was very harsh on Chesney, who's trying to do like 17 things at the same time.
0: Right. Well, she's flustered and she's not been she's sleep deprived and she's Gemma.
1: Right. Fuck knows where Ches has taken Joseph, but it seems that he's parked on double yellows. Uh, Joseph is worried about this, but Ches says it'll be fine and then he sees a traffic warden, just as Dave calls him. Stressed out of his tits at all this, he tells Joseph to make his own way to football camp and he makes his way back to the car as he tells Dev that he's going to need to take the day off. Meanwhile, Gemma's getting ready with Alad for hospital. Ches arrives home and immediately gets his ear bitten off by Gemma. Then Kevin and Jack turn up and inform Ches that football club finished yesterday. Uh-oh. Oh, picks tits, says Ches. He goes off to find Joseph while Kev offers to take Gemma and the kid to that, the hospital. That
0: whole conversation he had with Joseph this morning where Joseph said, I don't want to go... Uh-huh. And Chesney says, why, why not? Joseph could have said, because it finished yesterday, you <laughs> daft father of mine. He doesn't do that. No. Why not?
1: So Ches Yeesh. now turns up at the football club, which looks to have ample parking out front.
0: But there's <laughs> but there's no
1: sign of Joseph. He phones Gemma at the hospital. He's got Craig and Billy looking too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gemma tells him it's fine. He'll, and then Ches says that he'll be there as soon as he can. But then he sees Joseph. He's there, he's sitting on a bench. A couple of lads have come along and stolen his trainers. <laughs> Ches doesn't seem to give two hoots about this.
0: And well,
1: <coughs> wants to go home, but Joseph doesn't want to go anywhere with Chesney. All Ches cares about is those quads, and Joseph hates those kids. Aww. Ches also chooses to ignore this and says everything will be fine. Finally. Chesney
0: is that dog in the house on fire that says this is fine. Yep, this and is then drinks his coffee with his little top hat on. Mm-hmm. Yes. The top hat? No, it's more of a haberdash. It's You're more a of a... pork pie hat, isn't it? Yeah, it's more of a pork pie.
1: Ches gets to the hospital. They talk about Joseph... Who, or a fedora. Oh yeah, maybe. Who Chesney thinks is fine. Although they can't afford to replace the trainers. This is all fine. So they're not, they're not going to replace the trainers?
0: Well, they're going to have to... They're going to have to... I don't know. Pick some up at a charity shop, maybe? Or, or maybe... Um, Steal
1: some from some other kid.
0: Um, maybe Jack has a pair that Joseph can wear that oh. Joseph's grown out of.
1: knee on the rainer's tree. when it comes to action. <laughs> well,
0: well, Jack probably has some laying around from before he lost his leg.
1: Allard's had the tests and Joseph the doctors fit in too. want to see the two of them together.
0: Uh-oh.
1: Allard hasn't cried all day and Kathy has told Gemma that this is probably a good sign. It's probably a bad which sign. Which means it's a terrible sign. Then the nurse comes and calls him through. The doctor has the test results, but Alad wakes up and starts crying, which puts the doctor off a little bit. So the doctor, who's on the huff about this for some reason, very bluntly tells him that Alad is deaf. They, they're going to need to take moulds of his ears for hearing aids, and we might as well do that today. Let's get this ball rolling. Gemma wonders if Alad knows that he's deaf. And the doctor says, no, he's never experienced hearing, so he, hasn't, he won't feel that he's lost anything. Gemma gets upset, thinking that Alad has never heard, I love you. He Aww. must have felt so alone. And Alad looks up at her like, what are you talking about, Gemma?
0: Mama.
1: Back home, Chez reveals that Joseph loves the bones of a valid. You're right. And has forgotten the training thing already. You're right. Mm -hmm. Gemma uh, worries that they're totally up their depth. Chez says that she's stressed and needs to go for a walk. But what she says that she needs to do is fix this. Gemma goes into the kitchen and sees a fresh-goes bag and then gets on the phone. And, of course, she's getting on the phone.
0: Oh, it was a fresh-goes bag. I couldn't couldn't understand what it was that she was looking at.
1: Yeah, it's just a fresh-goes bag. Huh. So she's on the phone to Tara and they meet up in the Rovers. Make it snappy, says Tara. Gemma wants to relaunch the Fresh Go 4. Well, Tara says it's not up to me anymore. After that shit show of the launch, uh, my job's on the line and nobody's listening to anything that I suggest.
0: Yeah, she's been dropped from this campaign. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the campaign's over anyway. Cause,
1: Tara well. reminds uh, Gemma about the NDA that she signed mm-hmm. and she doesn't care about Alad. We've all got our own sob stories, she says. Lovely stuff.
0: Yeah, fuck
1: you, Tara. <clears throat> Back home, she's Gemma thinks awful human being. that all she does is screw things up. Ches tells her not to beat herself up about this. They need to move forward. Fuck Fresco and fuck Tara. Gemma reckons the kids need a better mother than her. She thinks that this has happened today because the kids were born prematurely and maybe they should have done the selective reduction after all. Maybe she wishes that Al had, had never been born. And Ches is shocked and Gemma says that she didn't mean it and she cries in his arms. Oofed. Yeah. I can see where she's coming from
0: right yeah like if they had made the choice to to but even if they had done that that doesn't necessarily mean that he that he would have been the one that they would have minused right and it wouldn't have guaranteed that he would have been hearing
1: was all of the run i think so right Later, it's calmed down and Chesney insists that Alad will be as loved as the others. He tells Gemma that she's not alone and she's a brilliant mum. Gemma asks if he's worried that things will go wrong and he says he isn't because he's sure that they will, but they're a team. They've got this. They'll get through this. Well done, Chesney. So, quite a sad wee story this week.
0: Absolutely, but you know what? It gives them, it gives them a good storyline. I don't know what they been an doing. An interesting with... storyline. And and this is this is something that many people around the world have to deal with. I mean it, deafness happens and it's I like the fact that we now have a potentially long-term deaf character on the show that we will see grow up mm-hmm. and have to go to school and everything and and learn how to deal with that and everything. This could be this could be great. I mean, how many deaf characters have we had on soap operas? I can't think of too many.
1: Norris's missus.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. For one. Yeah, but she's... We haven't seen her grow up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we haven't. <laughs> no.
0: But it will be interesting to see, like, a young person growing up. I was once a, a teacher's aide for for a child who had a cochlear implant. And it was it was very difficult because, you know, she had all of these things that were supposed to help her, but that also made her feel different. So she was constantly fighting against the things like me, Mm -hmm. you know, that made her feel different, but that she had to have. Like I had to take all of her notes for her and everything and follow her around to all of her classes and everything. And she hated me because... I made her feel different but if she did not have me she would have missed so much right. because the cochlear implants only catch so much and lip reading only catches so much you know and there wasn't somebody there and, and she did not know sign language her parents didn't want her to know sign language because they didn't want her to feel different I don't wow. know it was weird but anyway I, I, think I, they've done I, I good, like this.
1: I think they've done a good job and uh, Gemma just looks absolutely <laughs> absolutely worn out. She does. I don't know if that's makeup or a lack of makeup or something but she's so And the frizzled drawn hair. And, oh, it makes you tired of just looking at her.
0: Absolutely. And she's, she's done a through... fantastic job this. She, week. Really she was has. really great. And she was do you know great. what?
1: Even Chesney.
0: Yes, even Chesney did even a good Chesney,
1: job. Chesney who it's just as a little monotone noise, usually. Mm-hmm. No, no fault of his own, whatever. He's just no. been in the show for far too long. But he was...
0: <laughs> he's the Kristen Stewart of the show, is what we're trying to say.
1: He was so great, and the, his building frustration at the amount of stuff that he had to do all at the same time. Right. He two hands. But he's trying to do it all. Yeah. He's trying to make it work.
0: And he's trying to be a good dad to Joseph, and he's trying to be a good dad to the quads. Mm-hmm. You know, and just.
1: And all the while trying to keep Gemma's head above water as well. Right. Well, his is probably a bit. Yeah. A bit in danger of going under here and there as well. Yes. But they've got Cathy and they've got Dev, which means that sooner or later they've got Lasagna. So <laughs> good stuff.
0: And they have Paul and Billy.
1: Yeah, who dropped everything because they were probably doing nothing
0: anyway. But. Right. Well, she says that Paul was. We never was saw watching. them. We yeah. Paul was helping watch the kids with Kathy apparently for the second hearing thing. Mm-hmm. We never saw him though, which is sad.
1: Our next storyline tonight is
0: dead. Oh, dead.
1: On... Dead. Oh, that reminds me of a story about Dobby. I was took him on his walk now. <laughs> <laughs> <tongue> oh. On Monday, Fizz has got a text from Jade who wants to take Hope to a plaything at the community centre. Evelyn warns caution of leaving Ruby out and treating the two kids differently. Yes, you're quite right, Evelyn. Fizz is frustrated by this self-imposed problem because, let's face it, this is all d- their own doing.
0: Correct, because they don't know how to parent.
1: And says, if she says no, that'll cause more hassle.
0: How is then, it how is it that Chesney know, is a better parent than his sister?
1: Do, do you know what, Fizz, you, you face up to that hassle. Correct. It's a hassle, right. So you don't you're going to avoid it just because it's a hassle, you're going to let this happen just because it's a hassle. You want to avoid a scene. Fizz goes round to the garage to explain about the play date thing. She announces it she'll be going along as well with Ruby and Hope. Ty is worried that Fizz will lamp Jade, but Fizz promises to be on her best behaviour. And Hope announces that they're going to be making slime. Ooh. At the community centre, it looks like Tyrone has made it along too. The grown-ups have to help in this activity. It's they're making a picture of the family and uh, Ruby wants Daddy's help and Hope wants and she's quite adamant that she does not want Fizz. Fizz can be the judge for all I care, says Hope, and Fizz pretends not to be upset by this. Mm -hmm. So the activity, like I said, is to draw the family like it's a picture. Ty and Ruby have done theirs in emojis. It's quite amusing. Mm. Fizz scores it ten on ten. Hope's doesn't even have fizz in it. Fizz <laughs> Hope says Fizz is the one that's taking the picture, of course. Yeah, Fizz it's... is clearly crushed, and even Jade looks a bit uncomfortable about this. Although I don't know why, because Jade's supposed to be helping Fizz here. But Fizz reluctantly scores it ten on ten, and then throws Jade a very stern look.
0: Right, and and Jade is you know she's trying to stay on Fizz's good side here right. because she wants to be able to see her sister and apparently we've all forgotten that she's a psychopathic maniac right. and you know a liar yes. and has Munchausen's by proxy and all the other stuff that's wrong with Jade and yet all is forgiven Jade is annoying.
1: Jade has encouraged Hope to draw Fizz and privately Fizz is appreciative but says this does not change anything so
0: f- go fuck yourself
1: and Jade looks a little crushed
0: oh fuck um, you.
1: <laughs> Wednesday and Roy's rolls. Tyrone thinks Jade has changed and shown remorse oh
0: god what is wrong with him what is wrong with what? seriously what's wrong with the both of them they put this on themselves because they're bad parents
1: <laughs> Fizz thinks Tyrone has lost his marbles Hope hates her and Jade loved leaving her out of the picture in comes Sean who announces that Jenny is gone for the evening So if Fizz wants some uh, Merlot later in the rovers He can sort it out Then Fizz gets a text from Christine Who says that she's popping round later for an unknown reason cool. So we actually see Christine this week She's come round and says that Jade wants to be more of a sister to Hope And asks <laughs> if they all want to go to a toy festival this weekend Yeah, it's
0: like.
1: Fizz says no we're not free We're going on a wee holiday yeah. And this is news to Tyrone's limit Where? Who?
0: Us? Potato chips?
1: Christmas trees? Later, Tyrone wonders what Fizz has in mind. The Maldives? Barbados? No. Fizz is thinking about Liverpool. (laughs) Fizz needs to get back on track with Hope. They used to be mates.
0: You're not supposed to be mates with your kids.
1: Nope. Evelyn and the kids get home and Fizz announces that they're all going on holiday. Yay! Evelyn thinks this is just what the doctor ordered. Yes. Then Fizz and Tyrone are loading up the car while Jade watches ominously from around the corner. Around the corner. That's as far as we get with that.
0: <clears throat> I hate I hate this whole painting painting a a rose-coloured brush over a truly awful person and, and an attempt to make us sympathetic with an awful person when we know she's going to be awful again. We like, well,
1: she just told a couple of lies. But no, she tried to get Fizz to lose her child.
0: Custody of her child. She was a psychopathic liar... She put both of those wee girls in danger repeatedly Mm -hmm. in order to get some bumps and bruises and stuff. She tried to get them both arrested for abusing the child. Right. Who wasn't abused. She has done long-lasting psychological damage on that child, and nobody has put that child in therapy yet. Why?
1: And now the child has a Yorkshire accent. (laughs) I don't know how did that happen?
0: She's she's drunk too much Yorkshire tea.
1: Probably. <laughs> I'm glad that they've got away. Me too. Because it means that we probably don't have to see this next week and be annoyed at how incompetent the two of them are at raising as far their children, as
0: being a parent.
1: Because oh. <sighs> they all just seem to think that ordering your kids to go and wash their hands before dinner is what being a parent's about.
0: Right, and then giving those children everything they ask for. Yeah.
1: Our next, Ugh. our penultimate, if you don't mind, storyline is Oliver's party. On Friday, <laughs> Gail has Sarah and Adam in voice Rolls want to talk about a guest list that's already been decided. Gail thinks that she's a wedding planner. Sarah says that she's just helping. Nick's arrival lets Sarah off the hook, leaving Adam with Gail. Yikes. In his,
0: in his very fancy plaid, blue plaid <laughs> business suit. I have no idea what
1: he's wearing. <laughs> At the Knicker Factory, Sarah invites Sally and Izzy to the wedding because they helped with the dress. But this puts Sean and Beth's noses out of joint. Beth doesn't want to go anyway until she hears that there's a free bar. Yeah, right. and she's pissed. I'm on strike. And Sean does that thing that's pretty much the only reason that Sean is in the show.
0: Oh, Where he's just turned his nose up <laughs> right. and flounces out right. in his pink and white striped sweater.
1: Very fetch. Yes. It's Oliver's party. But there's been a problem with the cake. He was supposed to get a Hulk cake. But instead, it's got a picture of Steve and Tim on it for some reason. <laughs> but Steve he will fix the it. Wrong picture. He's, he's got some instructions. Then Daniel and Sinead arrive, unbeknownst to Gail.
0: You would, think, you would think that the cake maker would have like a picture of the Hulk or something that, and they wouldn't have to provide a picture of the Hulk. Uh-huh. Because most of these cake places, they have little notices up saying please don't bring us anything that's copyright protected because we can't put that on a cake.
1: Right. And also, are you sure that you want two fat middle-aged men <laughs> on a child's birthday cake. So Leanne apparently, Stranger things have happened. Leanne apparently has invited Daniel and Sinead. So later,
0: Daniel's... And Bethany. Sinead's dead. Oh, God,
1: I've got Sinead written down here. It's, it's almost... It's almost like I'm seeing her through a, through a fog.
0: Wearing her housecoat.
1: Right. I have got Sinead no, hovering down
0: Hovering in the corner.
1: Have I got Sinead written down No, I don't. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Later Daniel thanks Leanne for the invite and then it's cake time
0: Right because Gail is pissy that Leanne invited Daniel
1: Steve has coloured Steve and Tim green on the cake (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile Sarah explains that she's had to invite the whole factory they're to the wedding. V- they're very easily offended, she says, apparently. <laughs> Adam points out that this means that Beth will be in the same room as Bethany and Daniel. Well, she'll have to suck it up, says Bethany, who appears unannounced like a super detective.
0: Just like everybody else in this room.
1: I'm going nowhere. Ha ha ha. That's as far as we get with that.
0: Oh, and uh, Oliver is very sleepy and keeps falling asleep on the couch. What's wrong with that child? And he's also coughing an awful lot.
1: And it- he... <laughs> what? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Is there something wrong with this child?
0: I don't know. When people start coughing and so unless they're Ken.
1: <laughs> Although even, it it, even it, it, it bodes
0: well. It doesn't bode well.
1: Ken had pneumonia that time and right, nobody yeah. cared.
0: <laughs> nobody cared and he got better like immediately.
1: <laughs> I thought it's strange that we barely saw his face. It was the back of his head. Yeah. Just lying on the couch. Sleeping. Or playing with our Trucks. Truck or something.
0: That Steve brought him. It was very sweet, though, having the whole family. I was very sad that Imran wasn't there. Because Toya was there. Yeah, because
1: we saw, saw Toya for the first time in a while.
0: Yeah. That made me sad. But other than that, it was it was a nice wee party.
1: <laughs> things going to kick off at the wedding, do you think? Is the wedding going to happen, do you think? Oh, I the think
0: wedding's going to happen. The wedding's going to yeah, happen. The wedding's going to happen.
1: Things will kick off. I hope.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, let's move on.
0: And this is this is one of the reasons why I know Gary and Maria's wedding isn't, isn't going to happen, because they're not going to have two big weddings in the show, one right after the other. Well, d-
1: Gary and Maria don't have a date. No. They could be getting married next year.
0: Correct. And also, G- Gemma and Chesney have been engaged for quite some time now.
1: Oh, they've got far bigger fish to fry now. <laughs> right. <don't you>
0: <laughs> Who else is engaged? Is that it? I think that's it. Are Tim and Sally ever going to actually get married? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our final storyline tonight is Abby and Kev's cahoots. Brackets, plus, hole. close brackets. Ugh. On Monday, there's a milk float. I don't know. You still got milk floats? I don't, I don't, do you, have you ever had milk floats over here?
0: Where, where you mean a milk truck? Where the truck comes and delivers the milk? Uh-huh. Yes.
1: Little well, electrical doodahs.
0: Well, they're not electrical. We had a milkman who would get out of the truck and oh, put I, the milk bottles on the...
1: Ours were, ours were electrical.
0: Oh, well, you're just too damn special.
1: Abby goes over to the garage. Kev's heard about the burnt-out car, but Abby claims to know nothing about it. Then along comes Ray, who makes it clear that he knows it was Abby, and he's told the police as much. He goes, Abby, and then Kev tries to intervene. Ray says that the two of them deserve each other. And then and he-
0: calls Kev a little man.
1: Then he twirls his moustache, bids them both a good day, and wanders off. And does
0: not tie them up and leave them on a railroad track.
1: Not yet. (laughs) Kev advises Abby to get herself an alibi, pronto. So Abby goes to speak with Sally. She needs a favour. She asks Sally that if anyone asks, can she say that she was watching TV with Sally and Tim last night? She confesses to blown-up Ray's car, and Sally is astounded. She thought Abby was on the straight and narrow now. Sally doesn't want to risk going back to prison, but that's where Abby says that she'll end up if she doesn't get an alibi. At the garage, Kev isn't surprised that Sally refused to back Abby up, and at that, the police arrive looking to ask Abby a few questions. ruh The police constantly arrive just at the end of a conversation that they surely must overhear. Correct. At least part of.
0: And too many people are having these kinds of conversations out in the open right. where anybody could hear them. Or in
1: a cafe. Or a pub. Seriously. Kev, who doesn't work at the factory, is in the factory telling Sally that Abby has been taken to the station but hasn't been arrested yet. Kev seems blasé about the prospect of Abby going back to prison, but Sally is really concerned as she's a recovering addict. I, I saved her from the skank the last time, remember? Oh well, Ye- let's hope she doesn't talk herself into more bother then, says Kev. At the police station, Abby's been represented by Paula. Paula asks if she did it. Hypothetically, what kind of stretch would I be looking at if I did? Three to five years, says Paula. And she advises Abby not to no comment, everything. Yeah. So the police are looking for basic facts. Abby's been fingered by Ray...
0: But not like that. Not well, this time anyway.
1: Well, probably like that, but not this time. That's exactly what I've got right, written down. Uh, it's,
0: oh, sim- it's almost as if we're married my
1: darling. Paula points out the police have no witnesses and no CCTV and no evidence. Paula's very good at pointing out that nobody's got any evidence. Mm-hmm. Paula is a lawyer that says, OK, well, where's the evidence? You don't have any, any evidence and then the evidence Go fuck yourself. tends to walk in. Abby has been no commenting but suddenly announces that she was at home watching TV. Oh. The interview is interrupted by a knock on the door. The police step out leaving Abby to annoy Paula with incessant chattering.
0: Yeah, that was funny.
1: <laughs> Abby and Paula are waiting at the police, uh, for the police to come back in which they eventually do. There's been a development. Someone has given Abby an alibi. Oh. Or an ala Abby.
0: An ala Abby? And Ali Bai.
1: Ali Bai. And Abby Bai.
0: Oh yeah, because she's Abby, not Ali. And Abby Bai. And Abby Bai. And and Abby Lie.
1: Oh, and of course Mm -hmm. it's Kev.
0: Back at Kev's,
1: he's still worried, but Abby assures him that there's no evidence and the police are too bone idle to look for any. This whole thing is going to blow over in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. They have a lingering look and arrange to meet up later. This is on Abby. She owes Kev everything, she says. Ha-ha. So Sally goes over to see if Kev knows what happened with Abby. Apparently Kev's thinking doden is called Fire Warrior. Kev explains how he's given Abby an alibi and how she's t- taking him out tonight to celebrate. Sally calls Kev an idiot. What happens to Jack if you go back to prison? Kev says, so long as he sticks to the story, everything will be fine.
0: Everybody on the street's been to prison. Yes. He so- was.
1: He went to prison for punching John Stape in the street when uh, Stape was having an affair with Rosie.
0: Yes. step deserved it. Yes.
1: Sally shakes her head and tells, that, tells them that he and Abby are made for each other. Back home, Abby's all tarted up again. Very red lipstick. Mm-hmm. Sally isn't happy with Kev. Abby says that she really, really likes Kevin. She thought Sally would be happy for them, but Sally thinks yeah. their flimsy alibi is the only thing that's standing between Jack and the children's home.
0: Which is ridiculous. Well, that's kind of true. Jack has an adult sister. Who can take him in. Plus Sally would take him in. Right. Plus half the street would take him in. He would not be put in care. Sally just blows things way out of proportion. yeah, Because Uh, she's Sally.
1: In the pub, Abby's now worried that Sally was right but Kev says he made his own decision and he'll do it again. Then you're a fanny, says Abby. You only did it because you fancy me. He says that wasn't the main reason. He says that she needed a friend and she doesn't think that she's worth that. Abby says every time she thinks that she's somewhere good, something always comes along to fuck it up. Bollock, says Kev. You're gobby and stubborn, but you're loyal and generous and ferocious when it comes to the people that she cares about. You don't know me, says Abby. And a scrap, he says, he'd pick her. Nobody's perfect. So Abby and Kev go to get a takeaway to eat back at his place. Abby smells the fire warrior, and she loves it. Yikes. Abby winches Kev up against the wall when the police appear out of nowhere wanting a word with Kev. Back at Kev's, the police confirm that there's no CCTV of the theft of the car, but there is CCTV of Kev's cars out and about at the time he claims to be with Abby. Care to explain that? And Kev admits to driving the car. The police are confused. How could Kev be in two places at the same time? He had to go to pick up a car part, and he says that Abby was with him. The police leave, but they'll be back. Oops, says Kev. They
0: ask what the part was. We're fucked, says Abby. And Abby's... Abby is very quick to give explicit details about the part, which was good. It's good that she can think of it. Timbot4000 says this Abby and Kev thing is the dog's bollocks. Oh.
1: Well. I'm a little surprised at that, Timbot4000. Really? Because I'm not sure about this relationship anymore. Really? I don't don't tell him what to say.
0: You're the one pushing the buttons.
1: Don't let light in upon magic. (laughs)
0: I'm just showing how the sausage is made.
1: Don't listen to him. We've got a robot sitting here that's got a third microphone. (laughs) He mostly says nothing. And the things he does say are kind of repetitive. (laughs) On Wednesday, Abby and Kev are strolling down the street getting their story sorted out when that DC appears out of nowhere again, calling himself a thorn in Kev's side. He wants another word with Kev.
0: Seriously, he just, like, walks right up to them on the street. Not, you know... (laughs) Not, excuse me, sir. Nothing. Just, you know, just, is he been following them around and just waiting for them to winch? This is what
1: annoys me, is that they're walking down the street. Presumably they're looking down the street. Right. Presumably they can see the police car. Or the big policeman walking towards the, unless them. Unless the
0: police car, because he seems to come at them from the side. So is he hiding behind a bush? Email? Just waiting for them to walk by so he can jump out and go boogity boogity, boogity. <laughs> I don't think he did that.
1: <laughs> so Kev's in the police station. He tells them that Abby went with him to get the spare part and stayed in the car. The problem is, says the police, the CCTV only shows Kev in the car. Unless you're getting a blowy, there was no passenger. Yikes. Kev invents a story that Abby was looking for her contact lenses. Oh, pull the other one, says the copper. Kev insists that in in innocent. But not like that. <laughs> but the copper knows that... Because that's what the- Abby was doing. But Abby, But the copper knows that Kev... What? Kev insists that Abby is innocent, but the copper knows that Kev doesn't know that. When I prove Abby is guilty, Kev will be getting charged with preventing the course of justice. Kev tries to claim that he's got his days mixed up. Why does
0: this cop care so much about this? Right. Why? Why does he care so much about this particular case and getting this particular war? Has Ray paid this guy off? Are we going to find out that he's a dirty cop and that's (sighs) how Abby and Kev are going to get out of going to prison?
1: Cops are always interested in things that they shouldn't be interested in, and they're not interested in things that they should be interested in. But Kev is telling them that he's got his days mixed up. The cop showed up the day after the explosion, which means Kev doesn't know when yesterday was. (laughs) Kev is back at the garage. He explains what happened and thinks that uh, as long as all the evidence was destroyed in the fire, they've still got nothing to worry about later in the pub, Abby and Kev are joined by Sally she chastises the two of them she tells Abby that she needs to stop leading Kev on Abby insists her feelings are genuine don't make me choose between the two of yous Kev, kind of he overhears this and is happy as fuck back at Kev's, he's happy about what Sally and Abby said to each other earlier, he says that he seems if something she says he he sees something in her that she doesn't or can't or dare not see herself, he says that he's the one punching above his weight and the Mm -hmm. snog she Ah. wants to do the snogging more horizontally. Oh. Oakley doakley, says Kev. Eeh.
0: You know, I didn't think I had a problem with this relationship, but every time they kiss, I just cringe a little, I, I and I know don't you know mean. why. I know what you mean. Is it the age difference that makes me cringe? I think
1: it's a little like that, yeah.
0: Because I didn't cringe when it was Peter.
1: Our Timbot seems okay with it.
0: Is, it. is it a bigger, is, is Kev even older than Peter? Are they about the same age? I don't know. Peter looks really good for an alcoholic. <laughs> you, uh, so I think Kev is older. Either that or he's led a harder life. But they've both been in prison, so they've both had a hard life.
1: Oh, Kev was in prison for like two weeks. It wasn't a funny yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: seriously. So why does Peter look... Why does Peter have such great skin?
1: I don't know. I mean, pro this relationship I know that, like, that it's happening. I'm kind of wishing it wasn't. On Friday, Abby has made Kev breakfast. If
0: you know what I, mean. you know what I
1: mean. She's also got him a paper. Kev thinks that she's a perfect and what woman.
0: What we mean is a full, a full English, Kev, but not a full, not a full Scottish.
1: A full English, no anal. Kev <laughs> thinks that she's a perfect woman. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, Jack is. You're
0: been... just what?
1: Oh, her, her monitor came on. <laughs> We've got two monitors, and one monitor hasn't been working for a, about like a week, and days. it just, just suddenly popped on <laughs> when I said "anal."
0: It's hmm. it's yeah. The FBI is listening now, or the CIA. It's the CIA who listens to you, not the FBI.
1: Now it got interesting. <laughs> So, yeah, Kev thinks that she's a perfect woman. Apparently Jack is keen for Abby to go to the cinema with them later. Yes, yeah, says Abby.
0: Apparently Jack really likes her and thinks that she's funny, even though we've never heard Jack say
1: Or really seen the two of them anything. together. Sally starts nipping Abby's ear about her relationship with Kev. Sally doesn't think Abby <gasps> is stable up, and shouldn't rush into this because of Jack. Sally and because she's
0: so unstable.
1: Kev in Roy's roles. She tells him Abby is chaotic and he's facing prison for her. Be careful, for fuck's sake. And then Jack comes out the toilet looking pensive and suddenly wants to go home. He doesn't want to go to the cinema after all. And at home, he says, he's got a sore stomach eye, right? Says Kev, that's what you say when you want to get out of school. So Jack admits to hearing Kev and Sally talking about Kev going to prison because of Abby stealing that car. And Abby is furious at this.
0: And, and she's a little crushed as well. Right, She's crushed because of Jack's reaction and she's crushed that Jack sees her in this light. But she's f- Furious, it's Sally. And
1: furiously, Abby, who doesn't work at the factory, turns up at the factory, wants a <laughs> private word with a big mouth. How could Sally throw her under the bus like that?
0: And that was a really kind of funny scene at first because Sally was uh, talking to Nick about something. And and she's like, I need a word with with that one. And big then she, mouth. Big mouth. And then she's like, in private. And Nick's like, hmm?
1: <laughs> and Sally's like you, just, like, you can't just walk into the factory am, am,
0: No, am Sally, I the boss? Everyone
1: can just walk into the am factory Am I the
0: boss here or not? I guess I'm not the boss here right now So go right ahead, go have a private conversation
1: She explains about Jack overhearing Sally apologises, but she does worry about Jack's welfare Abby's life tends to veer towards a complicated Chaos and trouble follow Abby around And oh, hurt, God. Abby leaves
0: Sally is like the worst friend ever
1: Right and Sally meets Abby in the Rovers and apologises for her words. But insists they came from a good place. Yeah. Abby, Abby thought Sally had her back. And Sally says that she does and promises to be non judgmental going forward. And Abby, Sally
0: just doesn't want anybody to have a relationship with Kev because she's the exactly, same way. That's exactly it. She was saying the same way with Gina. With Gina.
1: Abby accepts the apology. On their way home, Kevin and Abby winch, and this time they're interrupted by, not the police, it's Ray. It's Ray Weinstein. He's spoken to Miles, who has come across some very interesting information. Why wasn't
0: information. I cringy when Abby was kissing Ray Weinstein? Why am I cringy with her kissing Kev, but I wasn't with Ray Weinstein? That doesn't make any sense at all. No. What is wrong with me?
1: He's got some very interesting information that will see them both put away, which is a shame because they're dun, such dun, a dun, lovely dun, couple, says Ray. And that... That's how we end this week's episodes. This has taken much longer than I thought. Because nothing happened.
0: Lots of things happened. We found out that Allard was deaf. Who was deaf? Allard. Right. James came out. Oliver has a cough. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Sally or not Sally, Abby and Kev got their hole off of each other, and we decided... Abby we, makes
1: a lovely breakfast,
0: and we realize that we may not be comfort- happy with this relationship after no, all. But
1: Timbot four thousand is thrilled by it.
0: No, Tim Timbot four thousand is just silent because you can't be bothered to push a button.
1: No, 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 no. He's, <laughs> he's already made his feelings feelings. <sighs> no. He's uh, doing diagnostic checks at the moment. I think. Sure. So where do you think we're going with this? Do you think uh, there's prison ahead for Abby or Kev? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't
0: think so. I, I, don't, I don't feel like that would further either character along.
1: I feel where we're going though is that Ray has some information don't know what that information is that's going to put the two of them away and he's going to attempt to blackmail Kev and Abby.
0: Yes. But you For know, what I have
1: no idea. Huh? For what I have no idea.
0: For Kev's business,
1: and oh, the maybe. property
0: that it sits on, maybe. even though Tyrone is a partner in that, 50 so They, he can't really. But maybe he can get the share. Kev has all that money from his sister. Remember. Mm-hmm. I don't think
1: Ray needs money.
0: No, Ray doesn't need money. He but just he, wants to make people uncomfortable. Correct. But. I think he does want that property. Hmm. Because I think he, he has an idea Is of...
1: He, yeah, he's going to say...
0: Expanding the bistro or something.
1: Give me something. Give me that mm-hmm. property. Give me part of your business and I'll I'll force Tyrone out or whatever. Or I'll go to the police with this information and you two to or fucked it.
0: Right. Which means he doesn't really have any information at all, I don't think. Hmm. But because somehow unless the police another, have
1: some evidence, even though they're suspicious of mm-hmm, Kevin Abbey, mm-hmm. they've still got nothing to say that they did it.
0: Yeah. And if if the, if his lawyer somehow has information and he's not giving it to the cops, that's bad too.
1: Well, that's kind of unethical, I guess. I don't it's, think it's illegal. It's, it's,
0: a, it's, obstructing, it's obstructing justice. Just like Kev giving him a false alibi. Well,
1: it's been aware of a crime and not reporting it. Are you compelled
0: to report no, a crime no, no, if you no. see it? We already know a crime happened. The car got blown up. It's obstructing the course of justice to not to have evidence. To be withholding withholding evidence is a crime. You cannot withhold evidence. That's Miles illegal. Miles doesn't care about that. Huh?
1: Miles doesn't care about that.
0: Miles a lawyer? Mm-hmm. No, because he's Scottish.
1: That's right. And we can't be trusted.
0: Especially those did Oh, yeah. Who are actually my favourite <laughs> Scottish people. Except for you. You're my favourite Scottish person. Moment of the week. Oh, is it...
1: I have nothing written down.
0: Is it... Is it James coming out? Is it Gemma's meltdown on the couch? Is it... Abby, Abby's speech about not feeling like a whole person and and kev reassuring her that she is a whole person and she's worth it <laughs> or is it the hulk cake no, <laughs> no we did something no, funny last no. week
1: it's, i'm going to say it's definitely not the hulk cake <laughs> and it's definitely not abby all right although that speech was very good yes. and it was very well delivered yes I th- I think, I, f- I feel like we have to go in a different direction and I, I think we might need to go in a James direction.
0: Uh, I'm, 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 no, I think it's Gemma. I think it's Gemma and Chesney on the couch. You know, talking about Alad n- never having heard her say I love you and, and being so alone and everything and, and just you know, having this breakdown moment where she seems to regret not having had the reduction and chesney's and chesney's face when she says it like how can you say that right in front of these babies
1: i think that was my favorite bit was that bit
0: yeah yeah and then then her realizing immediately what she is what has come out of her mouth and she's like oh god i don't really mean that because i love them all but his face was like
1: still just been punched in the gut.
0: Yeah, it's very well acted by both of them.
1: That's our moment
0: of the the week. week. Moment of the week.
1: Boring moment of the week. Gary getting the milk.
0: (laughs) Gail's uh, wedding planning. Gail Gail wanting to be the wedding planner because then her name will be on the wedding stationery.
1: Uh, Is that more boring than going for milk?
0: I I feel like the whole the milk thing and her saying, well, no, she's got to go get Liam and stuff, I felt like it wasn't the most scintillating conversation, but it did move the story along. Yeah, of course, it was
1: highlighting how uncomfortable they were.
0: Right, and and it it gave us an in that she has not said yes yet.
1: Okay, so Gail, wedding planning, stuff like that. That's our
0: boring moment of the week. A boring moment of the week. Yeah, okay,
1: okay, then. That doesn't it really
0: further that story along. It just makes Gail more annoying. No.
1: Have you ever coloured in a photo of you and the man with whom you share a homoerotic relationship <laughs> to appease the opinion of your son's mother, someone who your current wife despises? You have? Bloody hell. Write to us about that then. Or anything else. Please go into to the mailbag. Oh, well, whatever. Please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little late to be coming to the mailbag, my darling.
1: I promise. I'm asking for Mail. I promise I will read it out. <laughs> we to talk of the street at gmail.com on
0: email. We can just s- Skype, splice it in. Oh,
1: Skype for voicemail and PayPal for a buck or two into our virtual tip jar. For Twitter, Facebook and Instagram interactions, you can find us at Cory Podcast. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode, and we will be back next week with more Talk of the Streets. Bye. Cheerio.
0: This episode was brought to you by Donahue Solicitors, an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers. Donahue Solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police, data breach, personal injury, and professional negligence claims. To start your compensation claim, go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 08000-124-246 today.